from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week we'll be talking about what we're oh so grateful for. We'll also be taking a little trip through the Bible Belt with a bunch of gay men. Hey. (laughs) And I am explaining why I am dragging multiple people into a pit the size of Alabama. Drag them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So because Thanksgiving is right around the corner, I thought it would be good for us to share some things that we're grateful for in terms of pop culture. Always. Yes. Who wants to go first? You know what? I I have something on my heart. There have been many pop culture people this year that have been great and have done great. Mm -hmm. Like Issa Rae. I could be grateful for everybody black, but... (laughs) (laughs) Nice callback to the previous episode. Very nice, very nice. I'm going to narrow it down to one. Robin Rihanna Fenty. Yes. So this year, she has been bringing joy. I mean, first of all, she's been bringing joy since she was underrated in 2016 for anti. But I'm not going to, you know, I feel like she didn't get her roses for that. She's been flaunting a fuller figure this year, and she's been letting you know that if you don't Mm -hmm. like it, you can go... Kick rocks. Yes. She was slaying the girls at Carnival, like she does every year. She is coming through, launching a cosmetic line and letting girls know that makeup is more... Then contour sticks and lip kits. But you know what? I'm no shade. Whoa, no. No shade. No that shade. wasn't a point of comment at all. There is some there. <laughs> no shade. Just 40 shades because she is also letting cosmetic companies know that there are more than five or six shades of women. Oh, yes. And you're spelling contour with a K there. Yes. Yes. Just, just check. <laughs> just, just checking. Yes. She also let us all know what it looks like or how hot it can be to make out with a hot Saudi billionaire. In a hot tub. Poolside. <laughs> Okay, or on a hot tub or whatever that was. Hot, hot, hot. Those photos gave me life, even though they were grainy and creepy because I was wondering who was taking them. And I felt bad for looking, but I looked. If I had a dollar for every pixel, I wouldn't have much money. <laughs> also, she has a heart of gold. Okay, she raised 840000 during her annual Diamond Ball charity, where she raises money for scholarships and first responders. Her collaboration with Puma, she's yielding some fabulous footwear there. And she continues to give life. With regular social media clapbacks. I do enjoy those. I do enjoy those. Did she also raise money for you on the payroll to do this segment right here? If she wants to hire me, I am happy to be a part of the Navy. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Hashtag Mm -hmm. ad. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially, Rihanna has been my pop culture princess this year. She's been giving me life. When I had to really think about what I was grateful for, Mm -hmm. she just kept coming up. Guys, next time we go to karaoke, let's do a cover of Fleetwood Mac's Rihanna, but sing <laughs> Rihanna. Rihanna. <laughs> I'm in. And then tape it and then send it to her on Love VHS. It. So cheers to Miss Fenty. Well, Jamida, I am not going to argue with that at all. I think your points are valid, but I've got something a bit different. Ooh. I was thinking about what I was thankful for. Sometimes, guys, you come across a work of, shall I say, art, maybe, mm. that somehow renders your entire existence before drab. And gray and meaningless. Ooh. And, and then guys, Technicolor. Glorious Technicolor. <laughs> I've had such one experience, namely discovering Jennifer Lopez's 1998 interview with Movie Line magazine. Whoa. You know I'm a fan of archive celebrity interviews. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know this. It's your brand. But in the words, exactly, it's a very on brand for me. In the words of Ramezkla, this interview is the interview that launched a thousand beefs. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Let me set the scene. It's 1998. Princess Di's just died. Oh. R.I.P. Titanic's just come out. Wonderful. Mm. Hong Kong's just succeeded from British rule. But that's that's by the by. Okay. Oh. Jennifer Lopez is 27 years old. Ooh. She oh. has just completed the movie Out of Sight with George Clooney. Oh, yeah. She has made Selena. She has made Anaconda. Oh, Anaconda, yeah. <laughs> Oscar. Worthy. So what does she do? She sits back by the pool and gives a poolside interview to Movie Line in which she slams her fellow stars, bigs herself up, calls out other actors on their bullshit, names all the men famous or not, who have hit on her, says she is worth a lot of money, talks some smack about Wesley Snipes and Stephen Dorff, and basically does all of the things you are not meant to do in a celebrity interview. Okay, so let me pull up my chair. Go ahead. I need details. Drag them. It's really hard to pick out some gems, but I'm gonna. (laughs) On herself. She says, I work really hard and I'll just get better as I go along because I'm open to getting better. If you have the goods, there's nothing to be afraid of. If somebody doesn't have the goods, they're insecure. I don't have that problem. I'm not the best actress that ever lived, but I know I'm pretty good. I have the stardom glow. You better come what? on, girl. <laughs> and didn't she call like a fragrance or an album glow? Glow. Exactly. She did. That's she what did she meant. I feel like I should have that and just have it inscribed on my bathroom mirror mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning. I'm not the best, but I'm good enough. <laughs> And I can get better. You're insecure. I'm amazing. I love it. She dishes out some practical advice for auditions. She says, a lot of people go into meetings and auditions all nervous. No, you've got to have wow. I tell my actress friends this all the time. I walk into auditions going, what's going to make me different from all the other girls here? They're looking for the next star to walk into that room. It's about being alive, open, electric, confident. That's the wow. Also a wow. On your resume, if it says, I used to dance and kick it with Janet Jackson, that helps. Uh, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Iconic since living, the 80s. In living color. And then she starts talking some smack about people, which yes. I know that you yes, want to hear. Yes, let's get to that part. Okay. On Salma Hayek. Because <gasps> people are like, wait, she's Latina, you're Latina. What the? Hang on a minute. And she says, we're in two different realms. She's a sexy bombshell. And those are the kind of roles she does. I do all kinds of different things. It makes me laugh when she says she got offered Selena, which was an outright lie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but if that's what she does to get herself publicity, then that's her thing. Jeez. Ooh, coming for the throats. <laughs> oh, she's not done. She's got some things to say about Cameron Diaz. <laughs> oh, give it to me. Calling her a lucky model who's been given a lot of opportunities. I just wish she would have done more with. <laughs> Whoa! How do we not know about these oh shady comments? She's so good at like passive aggression as well. She says she's beautiful and has a great presence though. And in my best friend's wedding, I thought when directed, she can be good. <laughs> wow! Oh, the art of passive aggressiveness. Why is no one hailing J Lo as the queen of this PA shade? Why isn't she teaching a masterclass on this? Mm-hmm. Well, talking of masterclasses. Do you know what she wants to say about Goop, a.k.a. Gwyneth? Come on! Yes, 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 yes. When the interviewer asks, what do you think of Gwyneth Paltrow, Jennifer says, tell me what she's been in. <gasps> I, I swear I, to God, so, I don't remember so anything is, she was so in. So is the Mariah Carey, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know her. her, this is the impetus for like in. a little bit of karma? She goes on, some people get hot by association. I heard more about her and Brad Pitt than I ever heard about her work. Wow. Ooh. But going back to your I don't know her reference, that is said by Mariah about J-Lo. I know, that's what I'm saying. So is this karma? And J-Lo never says anything back because maybe she learned her lesson from this interview and maybe she got some heat. Six degrees of passive-aggressive bacon. Yeah, because where where is that J-Lo? 
Oh, I, I want her back. I <laughs> miss. Well, this is the thing. It's such like it's so fun to read this, but it's also really sad because like you see that she learned like you can't keep giving these types of interviews. Yeah. You can right. do them when you're like a callow youth, but you can't keep doing them because this is all the shit that you're not meant to say, right? I want to map what happened after this interview and mm-hmm. how long With, like red it was thread before like, she got another police gig investigation or style. before she started dating. But was this when she was dating Puffy? Because she wasn't Brandon J Lo. Oh no, this is when him. she was married to the waiter. Okay, oh, yeah. So yeah. I want to map Mr. like Noah. when that this interview took place, and then what happened after oh. with Brother Love, aka Diddy, aka P Diddy, yes. aka Puff oh, Daddy, come on with the name. aka Sean Combs, mm-hmm. and then Ben Affleck. After that, mm. I don't even know what was going on yeah. during that era. She because, had Ben Affleck looking like mm. a plastic Ken doll for a while. Oh, she did, he and he senses. was in the video like kissing a bum. Oh, yeah, it was a thing. And right. now he looks right. like a dumpster that was on fire like <laughs> ten years ago. Now I'm, he looks like somebody who's afraid he's going to catch an allegation, so he's just oh trying to, that too. <laughs> I read the most amazing review in the Guardian of the new Justice League movie in which Ben Affleck plays Batman, and it talks about him having this vague sheen of sweat on his face at all times, as if the thermostat was up slightly too high in every scene. <laughs> and I laughed more than I've laughed recently. But wait, J-Lo is not done. She wants to tell you what she thinks of Madonna. Oh, the dragging of continues. Do is I, she reductive? Do I think she's a great performer? Yeah. Do I think she's a great actress? No. <laughs> <laughs> Acting is what I do. So I'm harder on people when they say, oh, I can do that. I can act. I'm like, hey, don't spit on my craft. Don't spit on my, my crap. crap. And then JLo started singing. So, you know, I was make of that way. So, mm-hmm. what about the singing? But that was before she, and, said she yeah. started. She acted career. after dancing. So, she's spitting on some people's crafts because some people say she's not a great singer and not mm. a great actress. So. I, I would never say that. I can give a dance. She can, she can have dance all day. But you know what but she yeah. says about those people? She has a little list of people who have crossed her <gasps> in true Arya Stark fashion. Okay. She yes. says, I definitely have my list of people that are going to get their justice. I love her. So she goes on to crap on Claire Danes, Winona Ryder. I can't, I don't Winona? actually. Winona? I don't actually have time to tell you about all the people that she dumps on during this interview. So basically I need to read this. Wow. It's amazing. But for the last word, I do want to say that she very clearly preempts the Harvey Weinstein scandal by a full 20 years by answering a particular question that her interviewer poses. The guy says, what's one thing should any woman in Hollywood never be without? A pepper spray? She answers with one word, mace. Okay, boom, you called it. Come on. She called it. She knew. Mm -hmm. She knew. She did know. Yeah. Switchblade as well, (laughs) because you could use it. You could do both. You could do both. Around every corner. Is an abuser. So, in short, 1998, Jennifer Lopez movie line. It's the best thing you'll read. I, I like today, maybe even this week. I don't know. I don't know what you're reading. But <laughs> just to put it in context, but give it a try. I mean, of all things, for Thanksgiving, is it not a time to draw close with your loved ones and read passages <laughs> from a Jennifer Lopez 1998 interview? To each yes, other? the Bible. Who's that? I want this magazine <laughs> next to my hearth. Oh. Delight. All hail the passive aggressive princess. Yes, chisel it on a tablet, take it to the mount. I'm here for that preaching. <laughs> okay, so each of you had one thing you're grateful for, and I have many because I do the most of always. Of course you Come do. On. DTM. I'll be quick about it. The Nicole Kidmanessance. <laughs> oh. oh, oh no, I fully, I'm a fully yep. paid up member of that. So I recently saw her what? in. She's back. Yeah, she no. She, oh well, you know, I, the liars show. I was all about Big but, Little Lies. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Saw her in that. 
the killing of a sacred deer. Amazing. Have you seen it? I have not. But you recommending it to me made me seek out on my recent sickbed, uh-huh. Dare to Take a Sick Day, and I watched a movie called Birth. That she's in. 2004, Jonathan Glazer, strongly recommended. It is nuts. And really? she is so good in it. So good. She's also great in Dogville, if you can handle having nightmares after. Mm. I, I'm not here for Lars von Trier. I will not watch anything he does or support that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she was also in Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled. Kind of lame movie, but she's great in it. Why mm. does she always act with a Colin Farrell? Wouldn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> now? No, he wouldn't. He's No. Wait, has he done something bad that I don't know about? He's, they all have. He's the not on the list, but yeah. he's just a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, all I know about him is what he's been in, and sign me up. He's an eyebrow actor. Only acts with the brows. <laughs> from the brows up. So she's been in all of these movies and Big Little Lies on TV. And on top of that, she was on Ellen recently, and she was doing one of those cheesy taste this celebrity chef's food in front oh, of a live yeah. audience thing. So Jada De Laurentiis was there, and she made like pizza and arancini balls and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And usually you're supposed to eat the food and smile, and then segment's over and you go home. Nicole's not here to play games, <laughs> and she's not here to not tell you her honest opinion. Okay. Let's listen to what happened. Uh-oh. That sure is good. It's a little tough. It's del- <laughs> <laughs> Nicole has been sitting there for like five hours. I hate doing these things for that reason. I know you're not meant to criticize, but <laughs> it's a little tough. <laughs> You better come on. Wow. And keep it real. I think I just fell in love with her. She's amazing. She's a treasure. So I'm grateful. This tastes like shit. Yeah. She's like, Jada, ew, why? And then Jada gets really insecure and like defensive. She's like, it's been sitting there for hours, Nicole. Like, don't let us peek behind the curtain. Like, shut up and just, you know, cook it. (laughs) It's like, I've left pizza, mac and cheese, all kinds of things out overnight and ate it in the morning. It was fine. So your pizza should be fine after a few hours. Yeah. I can't believe I just told a woman to shut up and keep cooking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not she, on brand for me. Should she take her shoes off as well? <laughs> Get in the kitchen. Wow. Wow. I think we just discovered who I was. <laughs> yep. I said around every corner is an abuser. I'm on the list. Another thing I'm grateful for, that I never have to see Darren Aronofsky's mother <laughs> ever again. <laughs> oh, gosh. One helping of a mob stomping on Jennifer Lawrence's face while saying the C word is enough. It's more oh, than enough. Gosh. I don't need it. I'm all right. Yeah. Jameter, you saw it, right? Yeah, I never again. Yeah, and we're grateful about that. I'm grateful that I will never have to see that film again. I'm yes. done with movies in which some dude just like rags on a woman for two hours. And then eats the a newborn up. baby. Oh, gosh. Nope. Yeah. Spoiler. Why? <laughs> Why? Degrading one female character in the name of art. I'm not here for it anymore. You know how many mm. cocktails I had to drink after I saw that film? All of them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All of them. <laughs> Another thing, the function on the Netflix app that lets you download things to your iPad for flights. Mm. Because the only thing that can keep my mind off of the fact that we're just breathing in recycled farts for hours Ooh. and hours on a plane is a marathon of Great British Baking Show, Riverdale, Neo, Yokio, like any of those. Wonderful. So nice. thanks, Netflix, for hooking me up. I don't have to like illegally download things. And Not that you ever won. Yeah, they make it hard. And now it's easy. I love that because I just spend the whole time on the airplane plotting how I'm not going to die if something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sniffing them farts. Yeah. (laughs) And the final thing I'm grateful for. This one's going to go over really well in this room. Mm. If you I'm say, if you say that girl's for album, I'm going to walk out of the room. Swift. Your mouth. There I goes Jamidra. She's gone. what you made her do. Walk out. 
I was. I'm not gonna do that. <clears throat> I'm gonna be a professional. Go ahead. Talk about your love. Okay. So we know the singles are bad. At least look what you made me do is bad. I say that. I know that. I know. Listenable. Oh. I like the bits where it sounds like right said Fred. <laughs> I like the snake video. So I was concerned because I wasn't getting the signs that I would have an album that would give me anything that mm. I didn't already have in my spirit. Let alone joy. Exactly. So I was worried about it. And I recently had a friend over, Hamia, and <laughs> we got so drunk and listened to it together, danced, didn't cry. But maybe next time. <laughs> hey, a drunken night with nobody crying is something to celebrate yeah. and yeah. toast. And be grateful for. Yeah. So I'm grateful that there are multiple bops on this album, mm. including one called Dress with the following lyrics. She is not okay. singing about cheerleaders or pop quizzes anymore. Well, not this she time. is here to lay down some pipe. Can mm. I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too much? Sounds like that's what she's trying to do. <laughs> Sorry, I just got... Taylor's grown and so am I, okay? Sometimes okay. you need to. Is she grown enough to apologize when she needs to? Are you grown enough We're to apologize when you need to? Emmanuel? Working on that. <laughs> is it too late to say sorry? Justin got back with Selena, so it's not. If it's not too late for him, it's not too late for us. I would go more into the intricacies of my feelings on this album. However, but I'm sorry. Obviously, the whole time. this is not a safe space. Yeah. So we'll just wrap up this gratitude segment <laughs> right here. And I'm grateful for you keeping me honest with your side eye. <laughs> I, but I'm also grateful for safe spaces that are not in this room where I can listen to Taylor Swift. This is not a safe space. Without a side eye. I, I hope you feel the side eye emoji on you right now. <laughs> bloop. There it goes. <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> So a lot of you listening right now are probably traveling for Thanksgiving, so we decided to take you on a little trip of our own. And to help us do that, we're joined by KQD arts reporter Chloe Veltman, who's here to talk to us about how she recently hitched a ride through the South with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Chloe. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. (laughs) So, Chloe, I have to ask, the whole cancellation of the original San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus tour, tell me about that, because they were going to go to Europe, right? They were going to travel internationally. And then after the election, they said, "Uh, we need to change this up. That's exactly right. They had plans to do a big, fancy 40th anniversary tour. Yeah, they've been around for that long (laughs) to take them to glamorous international places. And then about just a couple days after the election results came down in November, they said, screw that. We're going to travel to the South because that's where LGBTQ communities are most at risk and they'll never have been more at risk than they are now in in what we're facing politically in this country. Wow. So talk us through the places that you went and what a little bit about how was the reception? Oh, well, goodness me. We flew into Jackson, Mississippi, 
And, you know, the tour went on to five different states. Uh, we were in Knoxville, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama. And then the choir went on to um, South and North Carolina. The reception wow. in all the places that I went was unbelievably loving and positive. It was like people were hungry to have these guys show up. Wow. You know, some of the towns over there do have their own gay men's choruses. But, you know, they had audiences of up to a thousand people show up. It was a lot of love. And, uh, you know, they didn't encounter too too much resistance. Though a little bit, I have to say, uh, we did come across. There's one specific protester that you ran into who had a pretty interesting story that you were telling me about. Let's listen to a clip and then we'll talk about it. I've actually gone through this before. This was a struggle for me for years where I had felt like I was gay and I didn't want to be that way because I know for a fact that it's wrong in the Bible. And so I did my best to stray away from that lifestyle. I've never actually been with a girl, but I've had these, you know, feelings like I belong with a girl. But I know for a fact my religion says that's wrong. So I wasn't going to go against my religion for that. Wow. She's, it sounds like two different people inside of her having a conversation yes. about what she should do. Oh, man, I feel sorry for that girl. So that young woman is called Ashley Berry. I met her outside mm. the Brown Church in Selma, Alabama, uh, which many of you know, it's very famous. There's the Edmund Pettus Bridge and all those like civil rights marches happened mm-hmm. there. That town, oh, man, I mean, we turned up, it was raining heavily. And they organized like a police escort for us through the city. Wow. And, you know, you've got to think, the people of Selma must be kind of fed up with oh, these yeah. sort of do-goodly, like Hollywood people coming in and people from the coasts to kind of have their moment in the Brown Chapel and the Edmund Pettus Bridge and, you know, have their kind of feel, the civil rights coursing through their veins or whatever. I mean, it was very powerful for the chorus. But then we came out of the Brown Chapel where the chorus had been there singing and hearing from people who were actually there marching across the bridge back in the 60s. And outside were these two young African-American teenagers, I think. Mm. Um, This young woman, Ashley Berry, who we just heard from, and um, her boyfriend, I guess. And they were standing there under umbrellas in the driving rain with these kind of big signs basically saying things like, if it weren't for heterosexuals, you all wouldn't be here, something like that. But anyway, so so the guy gave this sort of um, standard response about basically, you know, we're here to to show these people that there's a way out. Mm. But then Ashley Berry, this young woman, kind of floored me with this whole story she had of her own personal struggle and yeah Jamidra I mean you're absolutely right it does sound like somebody having a kind of a conversation with themselves and yes absolutely Carly I kind of felt sorry for her too I I took a photo of them both and it wasn't until later when I went back and looked at it properly I just looked at her face I mean it's just she looks so miserable now Mm. of course it was terrible weather she was probably pissed at all these tourists coming through having their you know civil rights moment but I couldn't help but wonder you know was she also pissed about the the kind of heteronormative life that she seems to have signed up for and how that's going to go for her how conflicted she must feel I've only known her for like the last two minutes and I'm conflicted (laughs) just hearing her story I mean a life spent denying who you are it's not really a life Mm. right and then seeing all of these men who are very happy with who they are and have happy accepted enough to sing. who they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they're singing and she's outside in the rain like, I don't like that. <laughs> and I want you to know that I don't like yeah. that. She's literally in the kitchen at the party. Well, she says that religion had something to do with her trying to not listen to what she feels inside. And I was kind of wondering what churches felt when the tour came through the South. You mentioned that one of the churches denied the chorus from playing there, but then something surprising happened. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. There was this one church 
that the choir approached about performing there. And the senior pastor, as far as I understand it, said no. This was kind of amazing because it led to some of the congregants coming together and forming a Facebook group and having a potluck to talk about, you know, how the church should be more inclusive. I mean, it was really kind of powerful because I think just after a number of days, they already had well over 100 people who'd si- from the church who'd signed up for this uh, Facebook group. And, you know, I, I think just... The fact that the choir didn't even go there, didn't even actually get to sing there and still had an impact, Mm -hmm. is kind of amazing. So since the election, and if you look at the news, the message we're getting is that the country is super polarized and it's easy to think in broad strokes in terms of a state like Mississippi, where they have some of the most discriminatory laws against LGBT folk. So you would think, oh, going there, people there might not be receptive to gay people or people who just live differently than most conservatives. But you ran into a specific cabbie that had a wonderful story. Can you tell us about yeah, that? Yeah. You know, one of the great things about this tour is that when we have this idea here on the coasts that, you know, somehow they're all a bunch of homophobes in mm-hmm. these states. And I think one big learning point for everyone involved in this tour and and I think a learning point for all of us living out here is that there's a lot of open-minded people in the south and we forget that so I'm in this cab running to watch the choir in Jackson Mississippi they were performing on the steps of the state capitol because there's this really very harsh law that was just about to take effect Mississippi House Bill 1523 which was basically saying business owners can discriminate against uh, people for their for religious reasons, mm. you know. So basically, if I were gay uh, and, and they didn't want me to be in their hotel or in their cab or in their restaurant, they could say, you know, my religion doesn't agree with that. You have to leave. Anyway, I'm in the cab. I get talking to the cabbie. He's called Terry Butler. And as soon as he hears that I'm a journalist from San Francisco on tour with a gay men's court, <laughs> it kind of, like this unleashes his secret self that he can't share with anyone else. Let's listen to what he had to say. I'm a liberal in Mississippi, and uh, oh gosh, you know, you just can't say that. I, I also sell real estate, and I, you know, I definitely can't say that uh, to my uh, the majority of my real estate people. I just can't imagine that the country has uh, taken such a backward step. Such a, it, it's just, it's sad. It's sad, really. The, the, only, the only good spot about it is when I turn on the news every morning, I get to be entertained by what the latest lunacy uh, Trump has said or done. Lunacy. Lunacy. Well, I guess you got to laugh to keep from crying, huh? Exactly. Okay. It's so funny because that accent is shorthand, particularly in movies, for some kind of like redneck who's going to mm. be spouting certain opinions that you can probably guess. And it's so interesting hearing that clip because it's anything but. You know, it's really challenging mm-hmm. your assumptions. He loves NPR tote bags. Who knew? <laughs> So looking back on your experience, what is your overall takeaway from everything? I really feel that if everyone sang, we would have fewer wars. (laughs) We would probably have a different political situation in this country. We would all just be a little bit more tolerant, a little bit more kind to each other. That was it for me. You know, it was about people coming together and making a sense of community and empowering people and making them realise that, you know, they're not on their own and that anything's possible and that we will get through it. And I really do. Th- I mean, you know, this sounds kind of silly, really, but I have to say, under even in any moment of duress, I feel like if I just 
do a little singing, sing a little song, hum a bit. For me, it just takes the edge off. So imagine that, but, you know, 300 guys belting it out at you. Yes. Well, you know what? The next time I'm in traffic and I got a little road rage, I'm going to try singing. I think you should definitely okay. I do I kind of presumed you already did. <laughs> I do, but you know. <laughs> I didn't think about it as, as, as sort of a therapeutic thing. Mm. Oh, it's so therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> Try a few little lip trills. Okay. Anger be gone. <laughs> so let's outro with some singing from the yes. Gay Men's Chorus, singing a cheeky song called You Can't Take the Color Out of Colorado. One of my Ooh. favorites. You can't take the sissy out of Mississippi. He's there and he's going to stay. And so one, two, three, it's as plain as ABC. You need us to make the USA. You can't kick our asses out of Massachusetts or subtract the 10% from Tennessee. Utah would never be the beehive state if the hairdressers went absentee. You can run the homos out of Oklahoma. It's their home and they won't go away. In the land of the free, diversity's the key. You need us to make the USA. It's the pig and the pig. Hey, the pig and the pig. Time for our peek in the pit. Hello. So this week, my pit is a little familiar. We've been dealing with a lot of sexual assault lately and mm-hmm. conversations around sexual assault. And recently, there has been a name that you may recognize that's been in the news. Roy Moore. Oh, mm. this guy. Okay. So just to briefly give you a background, Roy Moore is a politician and a former judge from the state of Alabama. He's making a Senate run. He said some pretty controversial things. I hope about, he's going to be an ex-politician yeah. by the time this is. Guns and homosexuality and religion. And you may remember him from such events as refusing to have the concrete replica of the Ten Commandments removed from a courthouse because he installed it and thought it should be there. That whole church and state thing, not so much for him. A lot of the things that he said has paled in comparison to a lot of the allegations that have been made during his Senate campaign. Currently, more than eight women have come forward and alleged that he sexually assaulted them or aggressively pursued them when they were underage girls. And this is just at the time of recording. Yeah, who so knows how that number Who knows is what's going to happen. So, I mean, obviously what happens at this point is these allegations are thoroughly investigated. Uh, if there's cause for him to step down, then he's going to recuse himself, right? No. Uh, wrong. What actually happens is, depending on your political persuasion, you back him to the death. Uh, maybe you smash your Keurig machine in support of him and you use Bible verses to excuse his alleged indiscretions. Like Alabama State Auditor Jim Zegler, who compared his attraction or alleged attraction to underage girls to the biblical relationship of Mary and Joseph. Oh, no. Bringing Jesus's parents into it. Mm. And wasn't that God just like touching her while she was dreaming and then she yeah, was pregnant? Just, mm. So. Anyway, so, so here is my issue. OK, are you telling me that the party of morality, the party who impeached Bill Clinton for having a consensual extramarital affair is going to look the other way when a man is being accused of pedophilia? They sure are. Also. Oh, not done. 
It has been an open secret for a while. His former colleagues have said that everyone knew or most people knew that he had an attraction to young girls. Also, it's being alleged that people at the local mall said that he was banned because he spent a lot of time there trying to pick up on young girls. So if this is an open secret, it means that people on both sides of the aisle knew this was happening and no one said anything until now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sexual assault is not a trend. It's not in vogue. If you see something, say something. Don't wait until it's politically convenient. So my pit this week goes to Roy Moore, yep. along with anybody who knew about this and is just now using it as a political chess piece. And anybody who is using political allegiance to just support him blindly. All y'all in the pit <laughs> together. <laughs> And sing. <laughs> Jeez, my fucking Blake Shelton thing sounds a little bit <laughs> weak by comparison. Well, I'll, I guess I will go ahead with my pit. I have another pit too. Uh, Blake Shelton was nominated or indeed awarded Sexiest Man of the Year, yeah. which has led a lot nope. of internet commenters to conclude that everyone else must be dead. <laughs> He's not even the hottest of men that Gwen Stefani has dated. <gasps> and she's only dated two other guys. Oh, the so, shade of it all. Don't uh, speak. I always wonder, like, who makes a decision and what the criteria is. A white Republican. <laughs> Clearly. I, and he's not hot. Yeah. Give me Deb Patel. Give me Zane. Give me give Mahershala me Ali. Oh, Mahershala give me right Jason oh. Momoa. There are so many people. Jason and Momoa. none of them are Blake. No. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> to our peak of the week. <laughs> Take us up there. Ascend with us. To the mountaintop. Yes. So the peak comes from an esteemed television program by the name of Project Runway. Oh, yes. Yes. All smart people watch that. And you would think with the same premise for 13 years, it would get boring. But no. I know. I'm still here for it. Same. So still love the show. And this season, I specifically love a contestant by the name of Kentaro. I love Kentaro. His designs are hit or miss, but everything he says is golden. Ooh. And on a recent episode, Tim Gunn goes to visit his studio, and Kentaro's like, oh, I composed this musical piece. Do you want to hear it? It goes with my collection. And Tim says yes, and then the following occurs. I made a music for my collection, and I want to play for you, so. You composed it? Yes. All right, I'm eager to hear. It's beautiful. What gave you this idea? Oh, well, I found a dead cat on the street. So after I buried the cat, I put my ear into the ground, and this is the kind of sound I heard. All right, wonderful. <laughs> Tim, hold on, Tim's face? Because you know, Tim, no, Tim is never going to be rude. Like, he's going to be Tim. honest. Tim's face the entire time was priceless. OK, wonderful. Uh, you could see the gears oh. churning oh, in his God. head, and he was just like, how can I say something nice about this? Mm-hmm. I could listen to Wonderful. that every day for the rest but of my Kentaro life. But Kentaro was dead ass serious. He's yeah. always serious. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It just goes to show, be insincere and enthusiastic about something enough, and you'll just ride that wave, ride it right out. It's wonderful. That dead cat brought some inspiration uh, that way. Right? So bless oh. Kentaro's heart. Also bless that dead cat. Your candle burned out. Long before your legend Aww. ever will. Mm. R.I.P. And just for the record, Emmanuel is sitting here, smug as anything, at this <laughs> candle in the wind reference. He just <laughs> snuck in there. <laughs> so, friends, we're well into the holiday season. Halloween is flown by. Whoosh. Thanksgiving. Ooh, there it went. There it went. Is around the corner. Yum. Black Friday <laughs> is approaching. I love and it. December. <laughs> 
yeah. segments Keep like Keep going. This in future. Black Friday is, is approaching. Ching. <laughs> and December brings Christmas and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah, et cetera, et cetera. Which means your bank account is probably a little light. Yeah, just yeah, a little bit. All of us, yeah. all of us. Which is why I just wanted to share this song because there's a singer by the name of Lewis Cole who feels your pain, which is why he wrote a song called Bank Account. Oh. This bop, as Emmanuel would say, <laughs> has a catchy guitar vibe. Guitar, okay. <laughs> and contains the lyrics I don't want to check my bank account. I'm too scared to check my bank account. <laughs> so sing along. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Another shout out to Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs for our theme song and those new bits of music between segments that you hum along to. And do you want to make our hearts grow literally five times larger? Then go and rate us five stars on iTunes. It really helps us. Until next week, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Booty with the E on Instagram without the E on Twitter. Oh, so difficult. I'm <laughs> at Teacup in the Bay on Twitter and Instagram. So consistent. Mm. And you can find me at Jamitra Says on Twitter and Instagram. Send us cute emojis. Retweet. Use hashtag TheCoolerPodcast. Accidentally hit the like button on something we posted years ago and then feel weird about it. Yay, Yay. 49 weeks deep. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.